Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Car looks in that direction, forced out of the pocket, flush to the right, got a slant, first down, dives in zone. Jackpot, baby! Jackpot with Hunter Renfro! Yes, sir! Hunter Renfro cut the slant, broke a tackle, and made his way to the end zone. And for the first time today, the Raiders take the lead. Good snap, good hold. Jackpot, baby! The Raiders become the first team in history of the NFL to win their first three games against teams that all won at least 10 games the previous season. 31-28. Bring on the Chargers. Man, you talk about doing something the hard way. In every imaginable way. From winning two games that they fell into a 14 to nothing hole. Winning two games in overtime, having to go to overtime. Winning three games against teams that won 10 or more games last year. Doing it on a short week between the season opener and the following week. Traveling all the way to Pittsburgh uh, to go play the Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Miami Dolphins. And the Raiders have done something that no team has ever done in the NFL. Winning three games to open a season against three teams that won 10 or more games last year. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you actually thought the Raiders were going to be 3-0 and uh, at this point this season. Uh, oh, the wise guys over in Las Vegas, don't, don't be putting up the hand right now because we all know uh, that you didn't feel it was possible. Neither did uh, a whole lot of other people, and that's fine. Uh, we all know. We've talked about this so many times. There's a recency bias when it comes to predictions coming into a season. We've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. The national people, the um, you know, the wise guys, you know, they're they're flying around their helicopters trying to make assessments of teams from ten thousand feet above, uh, uh, you know, the earth and looking down and trying to make predictions. And I get it and I understand it. I don't always agree with it. I think that predictions. Um, are neither here nor there. It's For me, it's always one ear and out the other. It's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. It's just, you know, hot air, trying to fill airtime, whether it's here on this radio show or the endless amount of television shows or the endless amount of sites and blogs and publications that are trying to, uh, you know, get you to be interested in a season as if you're not interested in enough. So you just kind of have to take it for a grain of salt. The point is the Raiders are 3-0. and oh. Going into a hugely important game. I said it, a hugely important game, the fourth game of the season. How important can it possibly be? Well, you do the math. The Raiders are 3-0. and The Los Angeles Chargers are 2-1. and The Raiders travel to Los Angeles to play Monday night against the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. 
kind of have an inkling of what that stadium's going to look like, and uh, I believe it'll be decidedly silver and black. Don't sleep on Charger fans. They're emerging. Uh, I've got some boots on the ground in Los Angeles, and they're starting to make a little bit of headway. So uh, I would not assume that it's going to be one of those 80-20% type deals where the Raiders take over, Raider fans take over, although I do believe it'll be a heavy lean uh, toward the Raiders. Uh, but uh, you can't assume that that's uh, going to happen. Needless to say, it's a tough challenge for the Raiders, regardless of who's in the stands. you got Justin Herbert. you got a uh, electric offense. You've got a defense that can rush the passer. There's a lot of challenges uh, that are awaiting the the Raiders Monday night in Los Angeles. But let's face it, the Raiders look at challenges this year and just go, okay, what do we got to do to overcome it? And they've done a really good job of doing just that. It might not always be pretty. There's a little bit of a roller coaster ride uh, to this team. They haven't yet put together four quarters of consistent football where all three phases are on the same page. But they're 3-0, and and we're going to get into how and why that is and why so many positive signs are pointing toward this being something that is sustainable. Welcome to In the Huddle. I am Vinny Bonsignor. You're listening to Radio Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We want your thoughts about what happened yesterday in uh, Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Um not a good sign to fall down 14 to nothing. It's a second time uh, at home, mind you. And I guess if you're going to do that, if you're going to fall behind by two touchdowns, you might as well do it uh, at home, understanding that the, that the, that the fans are going to still be behind you uh, and try to create some emotional energy or, 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 or get you off the cliff. I think the Raiders have started the first two games here at Allegiant Stadium a little bit on edge, uh, maybe just a little bit too hyped up if that's um you know understandable if that makes sense because it just seems like they come out especially offensively a little bit jittery uh not quite on the same page a little bit rushed we saw it um you know monday night a couple of weeks ago against the baltimore ravens Derek carr was kind of trying to force things uh, a little bit into darren waller trying to create some magic early on uh, it got the best of them of a little bit, uh, the, the Raiders a little bit, a um, little bit of a choppy start offensively. Thankfully, even in spite of falling behind 14 to nothing, the defense was keeping it fairly close. In the past, that would have been a 28 to nothing hole, and the Raiders would have never been able to climb out of it. Uh, sort of a similar situation yesterday. I want your thoughts uh, on this. The Raiders started out fairly well. They were moving the ball, and then just one mi- miscommunication between Derek Carr and third-year tight end Foster Moreau. Uh, both players, it seems, want to take credit for what happened. Derek Carr said, no, 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 it was my fault. Foster Moreau was like, no, 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 dude, it's my fault. You like to see that. You love the accountability. But the bottom line is it went back on an interception for seven points, kind of turned things around right there uh, in the favor of the Dolphins, who came in a wounded team with their backup quarterback. Uh, a, a leaky offensive line that's surrendered a bunch of sacks and a lot of pressure. So for the Dolphins to get up seven to nothing on a defensive touchdown, what a perfect situation! And I think the Raiders got a little ahead of themselves going for it on a fourth and one um, on their side of the field. Two straight run plays that didn't net a yard or get the necessary yard uh, to get the first down. All of a sudden, Jacoby Brissett and the Dolphins have a short field to work with. Uh, they bust a, a long run, and now all of a sudden it's 14 to nothing, and the Raiders are like, what just happened? 
Uh, but credit them, credit the fans for staying with it, credit the defense for then really buckling down and making sure that they created enough time uh, for the Raiders' offense to uh, to to get it together and to mount a comeback. It all started with Casey Hayward on a brilliant play, just bum-rushing uh, a screen pass that the Dolphins threw uh, in their own end zone, starting a, a drive at their own one-yard line, uh, tip of the cap to Zay Jones for hustling uh, on punt coverage to pin the Dolphins back. Great punt also by A.J. Cole to pin the Dolphins at the one-yard line the very next play. Uh, a little swing pass uh, in the end zone that Casey Hayward just read perfectly, even though he said afterwards he kind of guessed and it could have easily gone the other way if the quarterback had seen where Casey was headed, but it didn't. Casey Hayward is Johnny on the spot, makes a great tackle in the end zone, uh, causes two points. The points were nominal. Um, you know, it's only two points, 14 to two at that point, but it really seemed to settle everybody down. The Raiders offense, the Raiders defense, the fans, uh, it just sort of got back to normal. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need a big play defensively, special teams wise. Uh, and that's what the Raiders got back to back on a great punt ret- uh, punt coverage uh, by Zay Jones and the punt team. Uh, and then the spectacular play by Casey Hayward, who, by the way, dude is playing lights out. Can we give it up to the contributions uh, and the former Chargers who have uh, joined the Raiders uh, and just really made a difference, whether you're talking about Denzel Perryman, the middle linebacker, who is just flying all over the football field. And as Derek Carr pointed out yesterday, dude is just obliterating people out there. He is a heat-thinking missile right now uh, at middle linebacker and making a huge uh, impact right now on what's going on on that side of the ball. And then you got Casey Hayward, who I believe still uh, might be the top rated cornerback, uh, according to pro football focus, or if not the top, uh, he's among the best. He's given up one pass uh, completion this year. And ironically enough, it was the pass to, uh, I think it was Jalen Waddle in the end zone, which he turned into two points for the Raiders. Uh, so as Casey Hayward told us yesterday, Hey, if I'm going to give up a pass completion, I'd like it to be that. That's that's perfect. I'll tr- I'll take that trade off, uh, as would uh, the Raiders. But the Raiders are able to get two key plays outside of their offense to kind of even get the offense back in order. Those two points were huge. Uh, the Raiders then, you know, uh, uh, obviously on our safety. The Dolphins have to kick it back to the Raiders immediately. They get a field goal uh, out of that drive to make it 14-5, to and away the Raiders went. They end up scoring 25 straight points uh, out of that deal. So that's what you need to have. Have the Raiders played a perfect game? No, not even close to playing a perfect game. Have there been stretches where they were literally um, and decidedly the superior team on the field in all three games, whether you're talking about uh, the Ravens game, the Steelers game, or yesterday against the Miami Dolphins. Yes, there's been stretches where the Raiders were decidedly the superior team, like flat out. There was no question. Uh, they were imposing their will on both sides of the ball and on special teams. They were the better team. But uh, unfortunately, there's also been some lapses where they've been their own worst enemy. The pick six yesterday, Derek Carr, uh, that went for seven points. Uh, a snap over Derek Carr's head uh, by Andre James on a, uh, on a on a shotgun uh, that you know took the Raiders out of field goal range and also just put them uh, be way behind the six. You can't have that. So there's been periods where um, a dominant Raiders team, you love to see that, obviously, but then too many stretches or a few stretches here and there where they're just not in their own, their own worst enemy and. 
as we've seen, that's led to, like yesterday, giving up the 11 points in the fourth quarter to push it to overtime. Fortunately, they were able to to hang on and salvage it and win it and go to 3-0. and uh, There were the early part of the, the, the Ravens game where they were just a little bit erratic, uh, the Pittsburgh game where they let the Steelers kind of crawl back into that as well. So um, not smooth riding. It's been a roller coaster ride a little bit, no doubt about it. But there's been enough good and enough um, stretches of dominance where I think anyone could see that, hey, if the Raiders can just settle it down a little bit, clean up some of their own mistakes uh, and play more, a little bit more consistently, this has the makings of a very, very potent football team. Um, and I would expect at some point they're going to be able to win their share of just blowouts because I think that if they can ever get it together, both offensively and defensively, at the same exact time, uh, they're going to be in business. Do I expect that to happen in Los Angeles on Monday night against the Chargers? I don't know. I mean, even if the Raiders played just a completely efficient game in all three phases, I happen to think that the Chargers are a pretty damn good football team. So um, even if the Raiders play their best, if the Chargers counter by playing their best, you're going to have a heck of a football game on Monday night at SoFi Stadium. Uh, and that's not a bad thing for anybody. Uh, I do think that the Raiders are the better team overall and should go into Los Angeles in sort of a home field advantage type situation and win that game to go to 4-0. But make no mistake, this is a clash of two really good football teams and I think that you're going to um, see a really good football game as a result and probably a pretty close football game. I think it's fortunate for the Raiders, after everything that they've been through, that they get an extra day to prepare for that game, just more so mentally and physically than, than anything else. Out to the Raider Nation listener line, we're going to talk to Raider 27. Raider 27, how are you doing, my man? Hey, what a good Monday. Is it 3-0? and That's a pretty good feeling. you know. I would think it's so, like, yeah. You know, it's, it's just like Plunkett used to always say, you know, I might throw three interceptions in the first half, but I'll throw four touchdowns in the second half. It only matters that we win. You know? Exactly. So, um, you know, teams always, um, oh, we have to have an identity. We have to have an identity. And I know how much Coach Gruden loves to run the football, but you know what? We, I think we, we're undoubtedly a passing team. I mean, we, when we get in trouble in the second half when we try to force the running game. When we could just be dumping it off to the backs, we could line up in an eye with three tight ends and dump it off, dump it three or four yard easy, high percentage pass, dump it off, get the seven yards on first down, and away we go. And we can run the clock out that way just as easily as we can run the clock out running the ball three times. And I think that gets us in trouble sometimes because people just know exactly what we're going to do and we're throwing in the – we're trying to run into really stacked boxes, and uh, I think that causes. I think we should just realize our identity is we're a passing team. We've got an elite quarterback. We've got very, very good receivers. We've got backs with shards coming back. We've got Drake, Josh's, Jacobs. They can all catch the ball out of the backfield. You know, we should be looking at going. Let's do what we do best and. And maybe in a couple of years, when our offensive lines together, we can run the football like I really want to run the football. I gotta feel really bad for Andre James, but man, I don't know how long they're going to be able to keep uh, Nick Martin on the bench. He's a proven NFL center, and poor Andre's just having a hard time, man. I mean, 
I feel bad for the guy. I know he's worked his butt off. I really feel terrible. I hate to see anything like that happen to anybody. But, man, we, we just got to – that position is just – it's causing some problems. Yeah, um, you know, as I'm looking at the stats, uh, I don't necessarily – I know that, you know, Raider Nation, and I saw it on Twitter, you know, oh, John Gruden gets conservative, oh, um, you know, uh, you're a passing team, just throw it. But the Raiders did run for 140 yards yesterday. They averaged 4.0 yards uh, per carry. Uh, Peyton Barber averaged 4.8 yards per carry, 23 carries for 111 yards. In the At the end of the – this is what's ironic to me. At the end of the first half, the Raiders were averaging 2.8 yards per carry. There was zero run game in the first half. They found it in the second half. I know in that fourth quarter, um, you know, uh, they, they 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 found it in the third quarter, it seemed. Uh, and then after a certain period in the fourth quarter, it kind of got away from them again. Um, but, you know, you're going to have to do that. That's the thing. You're going to have to be able to run the ball in those situations. And if you can't, and it did come to a point where, you know, Derek Carr's got to complete a pass. Uh, they just weren't able to complete on a couple of third down plays. That's sort of what gave uh, the Dolphins, you know, uh, a little bit of life there in the fourth quarter. But to me, you got to stick with it with that run game. And, to, uh, you know, I'm looking at the 140 yards, which was a complete turnaround, especially in that second half. I think that's something that the Raiders can build on. And don't forget, you know, you're, you're also playing without Josh Jacobs. Um, so, you know, that makes that that obviously uh, plays a role. But as far as Andre James, as far as, you know, the, the young offensive line, you know, you're just going to have to roll up your sleeves and get it figured out. And I don't think you abandon it. I think that sends completely the wrong uh, message. Uh, it also leaves Derek Carr in a vulnerable position when when every team knows that you're just going to throw the ball. Uh, they're going to figure that out pretty darn quickly, too, and start coming at you with more blitzes and more pressure packages and that type of thing. Uh, and that leaves you vulnerable, too. Turnovers can happen. You know, the last thing you want to do is take sacks is throw interceptions because you're trying to force it because you feel like, you know what, let's just give up on the run game um, and, and try to get it done this way. Uh, I You know, it, again, late in the fourth quarter, they weren't able uh, to, to run it the way they needed to run it and maybe a, 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 a pass earlier uh, in those downs um, and early in those possessions would have been a difference. And I'm sure John Gruden's talking about that or thinking about that, like, okay, um, you know, maybe you got to sense it. Maybe that's a feel kind of a situation. But I don't think it's just as easy as, oh, you can't run the ball right there. I'm looking at the stats, and I'm like, they ran the ball pretty darn well in that second half. In fact, they had to. They needed to um, get that, uh, find that and get it going. So uh, I think you got to stick with it. And, you know, uh, obviously on a game-to-game basis, on a possession-to-possession basis, maybe read it a little bit differently or read it a little bit better. Uh, but for the most part, I think it was working what they were trying to do yesterday. Just late in that half, that second half or that fourth quarter, it kind of got away from him. And I also think Daniel Carlson, the guy's been stellar throughout uh, the season so far. But missing that extra point really put things, uh, you know, uh, not that the, not that it put the Raiders in an eight, uh, you know, behind the eight ball. But I could sense at some point, whenever that happens, it just seems like. Um, it almost invites what we saw happen yesterday. It's almost like it's taunting somebody and saying, yeah, um, you know, uh, I'm, or I'm giving you an opening here. And sure enough, 
the right the, the the Dolphins were able to come back from the eleven points and hit that uh, two point conversion to tie it up. But you know, all's well that ends well. I do think that the Raiders need to stick with that run game, um, and and it's just inev- not inevitable. They have to do it. It's something that they've got to get better at. Period. And if you can do that, even if you're going to struggle, as long as you're winning football games and, and headed in the right direction, um, then all the better. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Eddie is in L.A. How you doing, Eddie? Feeling good at 3-0, and Vinny. There you How go. How about that? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the beginning of the season, way back in training camp, if you would have told me this team was going to be 3-0 and after not, not having Richie Incognito, losing – how good and all the other players that we've lost and still be three and in spite of that. I'm telling you, you have a good ball club, and that's what we and that's what we have. We finally have a team with a good defense. We've always had a good quarterback, in my opinion, but this team has grown by leaps and bounds. Their confidence level is so. It's just so. It was so apparent to us in the off season. It's it's now uh, put the league on notice. I mean, rugs yesterday. That my God, that man just. He he just on another level. That's exactly what we've been asking for, right? I want a CD Lamb. The guy turned around yesterday and the way he played is like, who cares about CD Lamb? We got rugs. That's how great these guys have been playing. The run game, you know, that's another thing you gotta you gotta really think about. We're three and zero without with barely starting the run game on your third game, especially playing three back to back to back tough physical defenses. I mean, Miami was the number one defensive team in the league last year, if I'm not mistaken. 25 straight games with the turnover, and you, you're able to find a way to win. Yes, we've made mistakes. And many, many greater teams in the past would have folded like a cheap deck of cards after the first interception. Where's all, you know, all the fans talk about Derek Carr being weak-minded? He didn't show that yesterday. He brushed that off, came back, and you know, pick them apart. I mean, this 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 team, it just has impressed me beyond what I thought they could do. I never dreamed they could be three zero. Yeah, and and yet here they are. And you know, keep in mind also when you're talking about that run game, you know, Peyton Barber just showed up. Um, it's not always easy to develop um, cohesiveness in your run game when you're working with a back that just showed up right before the season started and is just now kind of getting enough of a grasp of a very difficult playbook to be able to contribute like he has. Um, He started showing and flashing at the end of the Steelers game. Uh, It was a little bit of a rough sledding uh, early on against the Miami Dolphins, but again, they stuck with it and it became something that was really impactful for them uh, in a good way. Uh, Appreciate the call, Eddie, in L.A. Raider and Dave or excuse me, Raider Dave in Denver is up next. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, and I appreciate your comments. I think you're right on everything except the Chargers being a very good team, I think is the way you put it. You know, they might be good, but, you know, they've gone against Washington. They could only score 20 there, and they they squeaked out a win. I mean, they went against the Cowboys. Um, yeah, and they, they scored 20 there. So, I you know, I think that, the game they won yesterday, and they won it, but I think more the Chiefs lost it. I mean, three huge turnovers like that. Take away any one of those, and that's a different game by far. So with the Raiders having the ability to have a home field advantage, with the Raiders having the ability to have some inside 
info on on this team because of all the players they have and the coaching staff has now joined the Raiders. I see this as what could be a real breakout game as long as the offensive line can handle that defensive line on the Chargers. Well, and that's a tall task, and uh, it's yet another really good defensive front that the Raiders are facing. It seems like we say that every week, but, you know, we all saw what the schedule looked like to start the season. And, you know, the Raiders are playing a second place uh, schedule. They finished in second place uh, in the AFC uh, West. uh, And that meant they were going to play some really good teams. A few of them that made the playoffs and a few of them that you expect to be in the playoff hunt. And that's why, um, you know, uh, to to just kind of uh, get off topic here for a second, when you think about when you analyze these three wins for the Raiders, number one, they had to be big, physical, tough uh, to to stand up to what they were facing, especially defensively. Those are three very good defenses, uh, all unique to to themselves too. They they all three do things a little bit differently, and so it was a mental challenge as much as a physical challenge. But when you go back and look now at three straight wins over AFC opponents, all of whom, all of whom people have been talking about in terms of playoff uh, possibilities. I think the Steelers might be falling off a little bit, uh, but if it ever gets to a point where these are teams that the Raiders are dealing with, and it's a long season, so uh, you have to keep that in mind. But all of a sudden now the Raiders have a, uh, a head-to-head advantage over three good teams that they may be dealing with down the stretch, but also there's a tiebreaker system in the NFL and your, your record within your conference also is part of that uh, tiebreaker uh, process. So they're three up on in the AFC. That's really good as well. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. We're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You are in the huddle, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. And without further ado, we've got a special guest joining us, one of the heroes uh, of yesterday's big win over the Miami Dolphins, uh, Raiders running back Peyton Barber, uh, who just showed up on the scene, what, it's been like less than three weeks ago, I think, if my math is correct, maybe a little bit longer than that, but uh, in short order, uh, Peyton has uh, stepped in and contributed. Uh, he contributed in the Pittsburgh Steelers win, and obviously uh, yesterday he goes off with 111 yards, uh, really showed up in the pass game and the run game, the blocking game, uh, all across the board. Peyton, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. How you doing, my man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Thanks for having me. You got it. You got it. All right, so walk us through this. Um, you know, any I've been covering professional sports a long time. It can be a crazy business, and it can be uh, unpredictable, to say the least. One day you're in one city, the next you're you know getting traded or whatever the case might be, and you got to pack it up, uh, head across the country, and you know try to acclimate yourself to a new situation. And and they don't postpone any games. They don't say that uh, oh we'll, we'll we'll wait for you to get it all together. You got to be able to contribute sometimes right away, and that's exactly what you've done. How? Easy or difficult has this process been uh, trying to, you know, get acclimated here in Las Vegas with the Raiders and uh, in the meantime also be in a position to contribute? Uh, I mean, it's been relatively easy so far. Um, you know, the coaches have done a great job of getting me prepared and everything and then, uh, you know, having Derek on the field. I mean, shoot, that's like having another coach on the field. So, um, yeah, I mean, every, everything has been pretty much easy so far. 
he had mentioned uh, when we talked to him yesterday before you came up uh, to the podium uh, to, to talk to us as well about how um, this team is, I don't know if it's if unique is, is the right word, uh, but it seems like everybody's got everybody's back. Uh, and when, you know, somebody, one of your teammates has sensed that maybe you needed a little bit of help, even on the field, on where to line up or what the look is or whatever the case might be, uh, guys are, are communicating with you uh, on the field. How, how helpful has that been for you? Oh, it's been super helpful. Um, I think you hit it right on the head yesterday. Um, yeah, man, I, this is my sixth year playing, um, and I haven't been a part of a team like this before. Um, we've got a great group of guys, from, from what I can tell. So, well, I want to keep you right there, uh, and we're talking to Peyton Manny, uh, Peyton Barber, one of the great heroes of yesterday's victory over the Miami Dolphins. The Raiders are three and zero. They're the first team in the history of the NFL, and that's a long time uh, to win three straight games to start a season against teams that won 10 or more games the year before. Uh, but I want to keep you right there, uh, and you said that you've never played on a team uh, like this before. In what regard? Uh, what, what are we talking about there? Uh, it's it's a special group of guys. Um, it's just like what Derek was saying. You know, uh, It seems like everybody has everybody's backs. Um, everybody's so friendly. Everybody gels well. There's no prima donnas on the team or anything like that. Um, everybody's just willing to do their job to to get the job done. So, You, you mentioned that you're in your sixth season, um, and so you've pretty much seen it all uh, at this point. At what point uh, did you realize coming into the NFL from college, uh, you know, it's, it's legitimately a business. And uh, as we mentioned, you can be in one city one day and, and another uh, the next day. Uh, but when did that kind of hit you that, you know, this is no longer just about fun. I know you guys are having fun, but it's legit a business. Oh man. I'd say the, the first week uh, that I got to the books, um, just seeing how fast guys were coming and going every day, pretty much guys getting cut, bringing new guys in. Um, that was a big wake up call for me. Um, so, yeah. So how does that, you know, how do you settle that in in your, in your head? Just basically you got to control what you can control and not try to worry about, uh, the business side and, and, and some of the craziness <laughs> that can occur. Exactly. Exactly. Control what you control. Um, and it's, it's not always about talent. It's, it's a lot of the times it, it's a numbers game. Um, when you really think about it. So, talk to a lot of young players uh, and you try to get that message across as far as it's not necessarily about you. Um, it's just the situation that you're in right now uh, and keeping your head above water and not letting, you know, the numbers game and what that might mean to, to, to you, uh, you know, overwhelm you. You got to figure out a right. best situation. It seems like you've come to a pretty darn uh, good situation here with the Raiders. Uh, I know a lot of people talk about John Gruden's playbook being, you know, uh, three Bibles stacked up on one another, uh, that it's that vast and that heavy. Uh, but are we talking in reality here, or is that a little bit of an exaggeration? And how has it been digging into his playbook and, and getting acc acclimated to it? Well, I think you guys pretty much hit it on the head. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's definitely difficult, but like I said, I mean, you I basically have a, a third coach out there on the field. Um if, if I don't know what to do, Derek, you know, he's, he's able to, to get me in check and get me lined up. What did you know about Derek Carr? Uh, there's there's like almost a divide in Raider Nation. I think it's closing now because he's playing so well. Uh, but, you know, I've always felt he was a little bit underrated. Um, others think might think otherwise. 
What was your perception of Derek Carr and, and you know, how has it changed or been exactly what you thought it was going to be since you've been here? Uh, I, me looking from the outside in before I got here, I always thought that he was a very underrated quarterback. Um, you know, with him getting that, that big deal um, a couple years back, I, I knew that he had to be somewhat good, but coming in and playing with him, I it's crazy. I didn't understand that he was this good. Um, so, um, yeah, man, Derek's a great guy. Great guy. Um, love being around him. So, We're talking to Peyton Barber, uh, a hero from yesterday's win over the Miami Dolphins. All right, 23 carries, 111 yards. Uh, three catches for 31 yards. Uh, you were all over the field. Uh, you also showed up, obviously, uh, as a pass blocker uh, as well at times, um, and uh, that's no easy task as well. When you look at this team, um, Peyton, and you start talking about yourself, uh, Josh Jacobs when he comes back healthy, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, uh, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, uh, Foster Moreau, uh, there's a lot of talent on this offense. Um, were you aware of that before you got to Las Vegas, just how potent uh, and how many weapons there were on this team? No. To be honest, I I, I really wasn't. Um, shoot, uh, the only person I really – only two people that I really knew about was Hunter Renfro and uh, Josh Jacobs, to be honest, um, and Derek. But uh, no, now that I'm here, yeah, it's – crazy to see how much talent we have on this team you you a lot of it is is young and in some cases yeah. a little bit unproven uh but your what are your impressions so far of, of a henry ruggs and a brian edwards and what they've been able to do as second year wide receivers especially showing up in some big time moments man beast beast <laughs> i think they have uh that true star potential man um you know if they keep their heads on straight man the sky's the limit for, for the both of them so Peyton, uh, obviously having to come to Las Vegas now, uh, kind of on short notice, did you have any, um, you know, uh, idea of what Las Vegas was all about? Have you ever, had you ever been here? And, and how do you like so far uh, living here in, in, in Vegas? Oh, yeah, I love, I love it here, to be honest. Um, I usually come out to Vegas, you know, uh, a couple times throughout the year for the UFC fights. I'm, I'm a pretty big UFC fan. Um, one of my... Uh, Good friends. He's one of the cut guys for the UFC, so I'm usually out here a good bit to watch the fights. So, all right, I got to ask you, being from Georgia, um, going to Auburn in Alabama, playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, and and the Washington football team, it gets hot in the summer in all of those areas that I just mentioned, hot and humid. Uh, you come out here, and I know you caught the tail end of when it was really hot uh, here here uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, have you got a idea now and a sense of what you prefer more? The dry heat here in Las Vegas, it scorches, no no question about it, or the kind of heat back east? I like this dry heat, man. Uh, shoot. I, <laughs> I love everything about being out here. The West Coast is, is, is dope to me. Uh, awesome. All right, Peyton, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Keep it up. Uh, I know you got a big game against the Chargers coming up, a big divisional foe. Uh, keep up the great work. Really appreciate you spending some time with us in the huddle. Keep it up, man. Thanks for having me. You got it. That's Peyton Barber, uh, the Raiders running back, who came up huge, huge uh, yesterday, uh, especially in the second half. Like I said, the Raiders were averaging 2.8 yards per carry in the first half. It almost looked like, uh, as some of our callers have already said earlier today, hey, just abandon the run, just start throwing it, throw, you know, throwing it. And you could have made a justifiable case uh, for going down that that road. 
Uh, but uh, I'll tell you what, John Gruden stuck with it. I know that John likes Peyton Barber and what he has in this young running back, uh, and they stuck with it. I know it wasn't happening uh, perfectly along the offensive line, uh, but there's no way that the offensive line is going to get better, especially in the run game, if you don't keep at it. You cannot abandon the run game. It's too important to what John Gruden is trying to do, and it's too important um, to to winning football games. You can't get out of whack. You can't get unbalanced. All the great teams typically um, that, that win a lot of games and that have playoff success are able to run the ball. It might not always be pretty, but you cannot abandon it at all. And I think the Raiders stuck with it, and it worked for them in the second half. I know late in the fourth quarter um, it might have looked like it got a little bit too conservative, but I know what the Raiders were trying to do. They just couldn't get it done. Uh, and and that's not a reason not to keep trying. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila M. Bahadur. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You got to love how Q says beverages. It's like, you know, when you went to a house party uh, and your mom and dad are like, uh, what are they going to have there? Oh, just beverages, mom and dad. Q, we know what you're talking about. It ain't just beverages, but I'm hoping that you're having a good time. I know you are. Uh, at some point, I want to talk to Q about, uh, you know, some of the fans thinking that the Raiders got a little too conservative. My thing is, I think the Raiders got to run the ball, man. I think they've got to figure out how to run the ball effectively and not just uh, like they did yesterday in the second quarter, excuse me, in the second half. I know it got away from them a little bit in that fourth quarter, but it should have never been in that position anyway. Um, you know, Daniel Carlson not trying to throw him under the bus. Mistakes happen. Uh, but if he kicks that extra point, uh, then there was never – it would have been just a little bit too far out in front of the of the Dolphins to come back. And I think at that point, you know, you got to keep trying to, uh, to run it and to take clock off uh, and also be able to show yourself and everybody else that when you have to have it, uh, you can run it. I really like, though, uh, that they did stick with it. The only way that offensive line is going to get better is if you continue to do it. This is an attack-run style offense. Uh, the Raiders rely on it. Part of their offense is predicated on it. You cannot abandon it, especially this early in the season. Yes, this is a quote-unquote throwing team. This is a throwing league. Um, it's no longer the way it used to be where it's you know uh, more runs than passes, uh, but you have to have balance. Uh, you know, I'm talking like 51-49, 52-48, somewhere along those lines. But uh, for the Raiders to get where they believe they can get to, and trust me when I say they believe they can go pretty far, they're going to have to be able to run the ball effectively. And they started finding it a little bit yesterday. Uh, they need to keep at it, I think, better health, bringing Josh Jacobs back, uh, getting that offensive line a little bit more cohesive, a little bit more in sync, um, and a little bit more connected, and I think – all of that happens, and the only way any of that happens is to stick with it. That's just what you're going to have to do. Out to the Raider Nation listener line, Guarab is on the line. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Vinny. How you doing? Doing uh, good. Yeah, that was a, a great win uh, yesterday. Uh, I enjoyed that. But um, uh, I'm a little concerned about something that people aren't really talking about much, and that's uh, the the defense and the injuries that – keep occurring 
uh, in each game. And, um, you know, I, I just see that, like, there's this pattern here where I just see maybe possibly that this could be something that affects the team down the road and they start to fizzle on that end, and that could cause a lot of problems for this team. I mean, like yesterday, that fourth and 20 was kind of like, you know, that was that, that was a huge play that was up against that went against the Raiders defense, and uh, you know I just don't want to see that happen. That that's the reason why we collapse, and then we start using it as an excuse when good teams, even all teams around the league, have injuries, but good teams still find a way to get to the playoffs. So I'm a little concerned about that, and I see that for the foreseeable future something like that happening I, I don't want it to i hope it doesn't but the way they're getting injured like that that's the first place that's that i see from the side of the raiders is possibly going to collapse i don't want it to though what do you think about that well i mean injuries are the great unknown uh it's just a reality of life you have to try to um you know work around them but people are going to get hurt flat out and uh I don't see anything necessarily unusual happening. Um, you know, I've covered professional sports in the NFL for a long time, and injuries are just a part of it. Uh, you can't, again, account for it. Uh, you just have to be prepared to try to deal with it, and that's through depth, uh, making sure that you've got good players that can replace players, sometimes uh, in, in the blink of an eye. Uh, you talked about, you know, the fourth down, um, you know, play that they gave up. That's you know, I can't say it's inexcusable, but, you know, obviously they can be backbreaking. You know, the Raiders were six, or, or excuse me, the Dolphins were six of 18 on third downs. You got to like that stat. Um, that is something that's workable. The problem was they were also three of fourth, four on fourth downs. Uh, that's where the Raiders, you know, need to buckle up. Some of it, you just have to tip your cap. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I give a lot of credit, sneaky, low-key-wise, uh, uh, to Jacoby Brissett. The Raiders were getting pressure on him, even on those fourth downs that were pass attempts. Uh, but he did just – he's not, you know, a runner by any stretch of the imagination, but he did just enough with his feet in, or and, and, and pocket presence. And this is – you know, I, I know a, a lot of people are like, well, they've got their backup quarterback – Jacoby Brissett's been a starter in the NFL. And frankly, if you ask me at this particular moment in time, I think he's better than Tua. Uh, I think Tua may or may not get there, but you got to stick with him when he's healthy because he does represent the future before the Miami Dolphins trade for Deshaun Watson, I should say. Oh, did I just say that? Uh, that's where I think that's all headed. But anyway, right now, I think Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback than Tua. And I think he showed with some of his poised plays, being able to buy just enough time to like dump it over the defense's head and find somebody in the middle of a zone uh, to get the 20 yards that they might have needed for a fourth down. Uh, those shouldn't happen. And, uh, you know, they, they can sometimes kill you. But every once in a while, those are going to happen. Again, 6 of 18 on third downs for the Dolphins. Uh, that's something that I would take if I'm the Raiders, like every single game. That's not a bad ratio. That's doable. That's livable. Uh, it was the 3 of 4 on fourth down. And some of, sometimes uh, on a couple of those, honestly, I thought it was more what Jacoby Brissett was able to do and salvage, uh, especially while getting rushed. And, and if you're going to take a positive attitude about it, uh, at the very least, they were getting after after him and putting pressure on him. I don't expect that to change anytime soon. He just had a little bit of savviness to him, and I give him a lot of credit uh, for extending plays and, and making the Raiders pay. Uh, but 
more importantly, they're getting after the quarterback. Now they got to figure out a way uh, to, to get to him a little bit more often uh, and do enough to where they're throwing the ball out of bounds rather than making plays downfield uh, by, by being able to escape uh, that pressure. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Rich is in Oakland. How you doing, Rich? Hey, what's up, Vinny? I'm doing good, brother. Yeah, it was a it was a crazy game, man. Yesterday, I swear, my hair my hairline is receding. Is all because of the Raiders, bro. You know, this this got me, man. It was such a crazy game, such a it's 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 a tough life being a Raiders fan, you know. But at least we know that these type of games that we're winning now, we would have lost before. So we'll see what ends up happening. I'm really happy with Derek Carr. Derek Carr putting the team on his back. You can see it in his eyes. And his mannerisms, his demeanor, he's a different Derek Carr this year. And he's, he's brought the best out of his young wide receivers. Look at Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards. I swear, man, they, they, they got the potential to be something really special. we got a lot of firepower on this team. Some things that, are, that I'm worried about, though, I'm really worried about uh, John Gruden going conservative, you know, for two drives in a row when we could have put them away. I'm really worried about that. And maybe you could ask him. I mean, I know you, you might not be able to ask him directly about that. Now it's water into the bridge. But if it happens again, you know, I hope it doesn't happen again. But we see him going conservative. When he's not conservative, nobody could stop this offense. You know what I mean? I get we need to run the ball. We need Jacobs back, you know. But please stop going conservative. And another thing that's really worrying me is Andre James. If you look at the play, whoever's listening right now, go back and look at the play that um, that our fullback scored on. Look what happens to Andre James on that play. He gets tossed to the ground, Vinny, and he needs to get a lot better. He needs to get a lot stronger. And I know that you know he's basically a rookie out there, never played the position. And I trust Tom Cable, but I really need him to get better because I don't want Derek to get killed. And I'm not trying to you know wild out too much, but look, let's stay humble. It's week four, but the Raiders Super Bowl window is right now. Yeah. Thank uh, you, Vinny. Hey, uh, if you could stay on the line real quick because I want to run. Okay. Um, I hear the complaint about, um, you know, getting conservative, but I, I didn't see it on two straight drives. All right. So the Raiders score a touchdown to go up 25 to 14, right? So uh, let's keep it right there. Uh, the next drive. They, they go up 25-14. Uh, the Miami Dolphins then kick a field goal uh, to make it 25-17. It is a eight-point lead right there. Um, again, the Raiders missed an extra point that it should have been 26-17, but it's 25-17. So after the field goal, the Raiders, first and 10 at their own 25. Peyton Barber for four yards. Uh, it is uh, second and six. Peyton Barber for three yards. It is second and two. And third and, or excuse me, second and seven. I'm looking at uh, the, okay, hang on a second. So uh, that was a different drive. Hold on a second. Anyway, it, it was two passes that they threw incomplete. Let me get to it when I get when I get a chance. They they It was a run for four yards. Then it was a run for three yards. So now it is third and three, and it's an incomplete pass. Third and three, you have to be able to make a, a you have to be able to pick up three yards uh, on a on a pass play. But it's an incomplete pass. You were you were right where you wanted to be. You would take a third and three. That's on schedule. Uh, the run game got it to a manageable, an easy third down type of a situation. 
Derek Carr and Brian Edwards just aren't able to to hook up on the uh, on the on the pass play. So I don't think that that drive was necessarily conservative. It was exactly the way it was designed. You run it, you run it, you get into a third and manageable, a third and short. You're running clock off the uh, you're running time off the clock. It should be a nice, easy pitch and catch to go get three yards, but they don't complete the pass. That was the killer to me, uh, was the third down um, uh, inability to pick up three yards on a nice, easy pass. But it is what it is. I just don't think it was as conservative as people uh, are making it out to be. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kent, or excuse me, Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln's not here until tomorrow. Can't wait to talk to him about the big win. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila in Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday.